Lord Jesus, we invite your presence here this morning. God, we already feel you in the room. Lord, we thank you that, that you are a God that draws near to us. Jesus, this week we have walked through difficult situations, joyful situations, God. Lord, and I, I know that your presence, God, and your spirit was with us throughout all of it. Father God, we thank you that, that you have formed this church family, Lord, to surround each other, to lift one another up, God, to, to welcome each other in. Lord Jesus, I praise you because you, all the words that we sing of you are true, Lord, that you are great. Lord, that you are a good father. Lord, that you say that we have worth and value in your eyes. Jesus, right now, I want to pray against any sort of voice in our lives that's saying that we are anything less than who you have said we are. Church, if you could visualize where that comes from. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe it's self-esteem. Those voices that, that say that we are less than who Jesus has created us to be. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we want to rebuke those. We want to put those away because they have no power. They have no power in the sight of Jesus, our Savior. Of Jesus, who gave us an invitation into God's family. Lord, who gave us an invitation to be called child of the King. God, I pray that you would, you would start in us, God, a movement to see people in this city, Lord, in this world, experience the love of God. Lord Jesus, for the folks that um, are suffering with illnesses right now, Lord, we ask for your holy healing in their lives. Lord, that you would provide the medicine necessary and also the miraculous healing that you provide. God, for us walking through difficult relationships right now, Lord, I ask that you would bring healing. God, that you would give us a heart to love them as you love them. God, for us that are walking through financial struggles, Lord, we believe that, that you are a God that provides, that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God, may we trust in your timing, and may we respond to the opportunities that you give us faithfully and diligently. Jesus, for us that have, have maybe been grieving a loss, Lord, I pray that you would be our comforter. Jesus, that, that you would be the hug that we need at the end of the day. Lord, that you would be our peace that says that it is well and it is finished. Jesus, and that you would carry us through the dark days and also celebrate with us on the good ones. Father, 
Uh, I love Anchor, and I'm so glad that we have this group to come together with. Lord, would you help us to just be more and more together and more unified for your glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. How are you? I showed up this morning, and it, was, it felt like 75 degrees in here, and I was like pitting out already, so I had to go change. So it's already summer in my world, apparently. Um, but anyway, uh, I have a question to start out this morning, and that is, have you ever received a confusing gift before? You know, maybe you've received a gift that maybe has a message behind it, like, hey, I have gum, would you like some too? You know, <laughs> a little, little awkward. Maybe you've received a gift that you just don't quite understand. Maybe you've received a gift and you don't know what it is. Um, I had a situation recently. Um, I'm an aunt of my niece Lola, who is 10, and most of you guys got to see her last week, and she's a mini-me. Um, we wear the same shoes, and we have the same hair color, and we, wear, or, and we drink coffee like crazy, but, uh, and I love her, but we, she came to visit two years ago when she was eight, and eight is a really good, year, a good age. Like, it's really fun, and they like, everything's still kind of new and wonderful, and um, I was so excited that I went out and I bought a gift bag for Lola, and I was really excited, and I'm good. I'm good. I got hair ties, I got headbands, I got glittery pens, I got all sorts of things, adult coloring books, because she, you know, is an adult, <laughs> and, um, and then on the back clearance wall of Family Dollar, I found a disposable camera. And I remember going on trips when I was little, and my mom would give me a disposable camera, and I felt like a million bucks, because I had my own camera. And so I put it in there, and Lola opens it. And let me tell you what, I will never forget the sense of confusion on her face when she saw that camera. And she, she said, uh, Lindsay, what is this? And I thought, what do you mean, what is this? Like, well, what do you mean? Like, this is a disposable camera. And I said, well, you take pictures on it, and then your mom's going to send it in, and they'll send you the photos back. And she said, so does it go on my phone ever? <laughs> and I was like, darn it, I totally missed the mark. And some of us, we get confusing gifts. I was actually watching The Big Bang Theory a couple weeks ago, and Amy and Sheldon, they received a confusing gift. So watch this video with me and laugh it's at it. It's from Leonard and Penny. Aw, the perfect gift for the perfect couple. Oh, save that card. We need to throw it back in their faces. I wonder what it could be. Oh, could be anything. A flute, a letter opener, one of those pins where you put the bikini back on the naked lady. Oh, well, isn't this nice? <laughs> What is it? You know, it's, uh, it's one of those... <laughs> nope, doesn't do that. Oh, maybe it's candy. Lick it. I don't want to lick it, you lick it. Well, I'm not gonna lick it, I just brush my teeth. Is it from one of your dumb sci-fi shows? Uh, none of the sci-fi shows I watch are dumb. Sheldon. Okay, Westworld. <laughs> but this has nothing to do with that show, other than it's also inexplicable. Well, Leonard and Penny are our best friends. They know us better than anyone. They said it's the perfect gift. We must be missing something.
They're best friends. We must be missing something, right? I was so confused. And the, and the episode goes on, and they just try to figure out what it could possibly be. And I think this morning, we're talking about spiritual gifts. And I think that a lot of us treat spiritual gifts much like a confusing present. God knows us so well. We must be missing something. Or I don't fully understand what I'm supposed to do with this. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be there a majority of today. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth. Now, this was very important for Paul because at that time, Corinth was about 10 times the size of Athens. And so it was this huge, booming metropolitan area. And much like any metropolitan area, there were a lot of spiritual options available. Uh, there were idols that were available to them where they could maybe pick and choose a multitude of idols, one for their work, one for uh, their love life, one for uh, their security, one for their wealth, and they would have all of these idols. And they were said that most of these idols would promise them special powers, you know, special abilities to have money, special abilities to be able to have wisdom. And so when we get to the topic of spiritual gifts, Paul says we got to get off on the right foot. We have to fully understand what's going on. So let's jump in. It says uh, in verse 1, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. Paul says, you need to have confidence and you need to have security in this topic. He says, I don't want you to miss out on this big situation. I want you to know your spiritual gifts and not just as head knowledge, but appreciate them in your heart and in your life. And this is a very confusing topic, because if I said to you, what are your spiritual gifts? What might you say? I don't know. Some of us, maybe it's a little more obvious. You're like, I'm a preacher. You know, I, I have the spiritual gift of giving. And it's obvious, but for a lot of us, it's confusing. That much like a food processor that I was gifted, or the jarring kit that my mom gave me, it's wonderful in thought, but it's not something I use on a regular basis. And Paul doesn't just stop at saying, you should know your spiritual gifts. No, he says, you should know them, because if you don't, you are at risk. Verse 2, look at this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. Paul says, if you don't know them, you're not only wasting them, but you're actually vulnerable of being led astray, uh, of being led astray. Now, a good example of this is uh, my number one spiritual gift is leadership. And some of you guys, that's not a surprise. Some of you guys, it is maybe, but um, I, I, it is matched by the fact that I love leading stuff. Uh, I can remember when I was little, I started a monkey girls club just so I could be the president, okay? Um, I was excited about it, and I love to do that. And I, I kind of love inspiring people. I like coaching people. I like talking with them and getting them on the right track. And I love doing it as a pastor. But take it out of a spiritual context, I could probably make a decent run at being a manager. 
You know, I could probably make a decent run in a secular job leading people, and I might even enjoy it. But I'm not going to be fulfilled by it. And this is what Paul talks about, being led astray. Or we can misuse our spiritual gifts for very secular purposes and miss out on the fulfillment that God has for us. The Greek word for led astray is actually in the context of a prisoner being led away to their cell. And this is where we see people who are using their spiritual gifts in in secular uh, places, and they're led away. They're led astray into their greed, into their pride, into their position. And sooner or later, they find themselves confined rather than fulfilled. Confined to a task rather than living a fulfilling life in Christ. And serving God with your God-given gifts is one of the most fulfilling things that you can do. And so today I want to break down some of the basics of spiritual gifts. And I'm not going to pull any punches today. Uh, There's no surprises at the end of, of service. What I'm going to do is at the end, you're going to get an opportunity to look at what your spiritual gifts might be. Um, so while we're doing this, then you don't have to think, okay, I wonder if I have that one or that one, <laughs> um, because I'm going to give you an opportunity to at the end. But I have three practical, basic understandings of the spirit, uh, spiritual gifts that we have, and I'm representing them with these three props. And you'd say, what does a lava lamp, a crayon box, and a plate have to do with each other? You will find out. Um, So the first thing is that spiritual gifts are from God. They are from God. Do this with me. From God. Um, And all God's people said, duh. You know, Uh, obviously they are from God. But Paul actually takes the time to make sure that he explains this in verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Key word here is same. It is the same God, the same Spirit, the same Lord. That's a beautiful picture of the Trinity at work. That the same God who created you, the same God who died for you, looked at your life and said, this spiritual gift, this one. And this is an important distinction because we're not born with spiritual gifts. You know, you're born with personality, you know. You're born with maybe some aptitudes. You're born with characteristics. You're born maybe with some attitude as well. But you're not born with spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts are just that, gifts. The Lord gives them to you when you become a Christian, when you decide that Jesus is your Savior. And that's important because we can't earn them, we can't learn them, you know, we can't buy them. They're given to us. Actually, a better translation of spiritual gift is spiritual grace. It is a freely given, unwarranted gift from God that he bestows on us. Now, when I grew up, I had two siblings. I still do. Sorry. Um, Hopefully. Um, But uh, my brother and my sister, and they are seven and eight years older than me. And so my mom had the unsavory task of Christmas shopping for the three of us, okay? And she had to make sure 
that we all had unique gifts, but also equal gifts. You know, when you separate all of the Christmas presents, the pile's got to be around the same size. And so my mom did this actually really well, um, very well. And I hesitate to tell you this story because you might think that I was a spoiled child. Um, but one Christmas, I made out really good, okay? Uh, really good. And I hesitate to tell you what I got because I don't want you to view me poorly, but that Christmas, I got a lava lamp. I know. I know. You could take a moment, think about it, digest it, brace yourself. Um, your, your pastor had a lava lamp growing up, but I had a lava lamp. And let me tell you what. I opened that gift, and I was stoked. Because not only was it a lava lamp like this one, it had glitter in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I'm kind of a big deal. Um, and I remember the second that we finished unwrapping gifts, I went into my room, I plugged it in right next to my bed so I could stare at it, and I turned off all the lights and I just stood in amazement. And I thought, how in the world was I so blessed to have a mom that got me a lava lamp? And I remember later that day, and just like most kids do, you call your friends and you brag about what gifts you got. And I called my friend Rachel, and to my dismay, Rachel got more than I did. She got a Spice Girls album and a Spice Girls Barbie. And suddenly, my lava lamp seemed kind of dumb. And the more that you read in Corinthians, the more you find that the Corinthians fall into the same trap. They start comparing gifts. It's like the day after Christmas in Corinthians. Uh, they start stacking up against each other, saying, who's more special? Who's more important? Let's rank each other. And if there's one thing I know about comparison is that comparison is the enemy of unity. Because if I'm comparing my lava lamp to that Spice Girls album... <laughs> Rather than saying, I'll share my lava lamp if you share your album, we have division. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You were made for unity. You were made to be a part of each other's lives. You were made to function together. Uh, verse 18, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Like, let's be real. If somebody walked in and they were entirely made of ears, that would be a really weird situation. You know, if somebody was entirely made of butt cracks and armpits, like, that would be a terrible experience. And it would also be a really smelly experience, you know? <laughs> like, that would be awful. But at the same right, if we aren't built with armpits and butt cracks and noses and ears, we're physically limited, aren't we? And a lot of churches will become physically limited because we have bodies, we have pieces of the body of Christ that aren't doing their job, that aren't living out their God-given gifts. And he says, you are a part of a bigger picture. You are a part. You, I gave you this gift so that the body works beautifully. Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. In Scripture, it goes on in John, and it says, if your parents who are subject to sin give you such great gifts, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you? So, first one, 
They are from God. All right, do this with me. From God to us. Uh, Spiritual gifts are from God to us. Verse 7, it says, The spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. And some of you guys are like, I definitely have that one. (laughs) Um, To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone the ability to to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Which, like, first of all, holy cow, there's a lot of gifts. You know, which one? (laughs) Which one do I have? How many do I have? And then second, and more importantly, notice the last few words. It says, which gift each person should have. It does not say, which person should get a gift. It says, which gift each person should have. Meaning that the Lord looks at us who follow Christ And each person has this gift. Meaning that spiritual gifts aren't only bestowed on people that you maybe deem as more spiritual than you. Meaning that he doesn't just care about missionaries and like church planters. But he looks at each individual person. And you were given a specific personalized gift. This is a beautiful picture of God. That somehow, omnipresently, God looks down at your life. He sees the past, the present. He sees the the future. He sees uh, all of your ins and outs, your personalities, your passions, all of those things. And he says, this one. Have you ever noticed that that gifts that are personalized mean a little more? Um, If you have a birthday cake, it's great. But if you have a birthday cake with your name on it, that's your cake, you know? There's a million birthdays out there, but today it is mine, right? Um, I had a million crayon boxes growing up as a kid, uh, but this one is the only one that survived, okay? Uh, This one is the only one that never broke, uh, that never uh, got thrown away, and also it's the only one that survived, like, two dorm rooms, three dorm rooms, two apartments, two houses, and I still have it. Now, why do I have it? It says my name on it, and that is cool. And like, let's just be real, there's a million ways to spell Lindsay, okay? Uh, My mom, no joke, she told me one time she thought about spelling Lindsay L-Y-N-Z-Y. I was like, mom, no one would take me seriously, and I wouldn't judge them for not doing it, because like, I could understand, but but she chose to spell my name like this. And, And it means something more. Especially if you have a name that's either common or always misspelled. When you find that keychain that says your name, it means something. And I imagine that this is what happens when God gives us a spiritual gift. He looks at it, and when I had got my spiritual gift, he said, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. This is yours. 
and it means something. Listen, you weren't chosen arbitrarily. You were chosen for a purpose. My friend, you are gifted. You have divine purpose and divine, with divine wisdom, you were given this. Of a God that has seen all of your yesterdays, he has seen all your tomorrows, you know, he's seen all your failures, and he has rejoiced with you on the mountaintop. And he said, this, this is my gift. L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. It's a last. Spiritual gifts are from God to me for others. So, from God to you for others. Now, this is a, a big idea of spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts are not meant for you, which is a little weird because if I get a gift and it has my name on it, I assume it's for me, right? <laughs> I'm usually right in assuming that. Uh, but you were given spiritual gifts for others. Uh, a couple years ago, I moved into my very first solo apartment, and my parents came out and they visited, and with them, they brought their very first Corel dishes that they ever owned. Uh, these are the dishes that my parents, first dishes they had when they got married. And they brought them and they gave them to me. And it was really special for me. I always love these dishes because they have little green daisies around them. They're so pretty. And Corel wears like amazing, but uh, they gave them to me. I was really excited. And they brought them, I remember my parents, like every individual dish was wrapped in newspaper and Walmart sacks, <laughs> you know, so you can make the drive. And they brought these dishes to me, and I love them. And, but also, I live in community, okay? I have two roommates, guys. Okay, we got three ladies in one house with one bathroom. Let's be real, okay? What if I were to say, okay, guys, Elizabeth, Valerie, has been a good run, but you can't use my plates. I, I'm sorry, they're mine. They were given to me, not to you. So you can't use them. Bigger than that, what if I invited you over for dinner and I said, it is BYOD, you know? <laughs> Bring your own dishes, because you cannot touch mine. Now, this gift was given to me for others. It was given to me so that it would be passed around the dinner table with new friends and new family. It was given to me so that I could share food with others, which is I love to do, you know? It was given to me for others. Not that I keep it for myself, but that I use it to invite people in. In the same way, the gifts that you have been given, they are to you for others. They are to you so that you can share it with others. I have a spiritual gift of preaching. Imagine this. Instead of using it for the kingdom of God, what if I woke up every morning, brushed my teeth, and preached to myself for 30 minutes? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have two roommates anymore. <laughs> and also, it would be super weird. And yet we find ourselves doing this with less obvious gifts. Instead of using them for the kingdom of God, we just use them for ourselves. Listen, you were given a gift to impact others, to encourage others, to invite them in, to inspire people. Jesus meant what he said in John 14. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. 
That isn't Jesus blowing smoke. That isn't Jesus trying to make you feel good. He knew that when the Spirit of God came upon your life, that you would be empowered and gifted to do the same works that he does, and even greater works. To neglect that aspect of our life is to dismiss God's power. To neglect that aspect is to dismiss his promise and to ignore his gift. You know, what if when I received the dishes from my parents, I went and pawned them? You know, what if I went on eBay and sold them so that I could afford paper plates in my house? You know, and that's what we do. We have these gifts, and I don't want to be a child of God that receives a gift and dismisses it, that says it's not good enough. No, I want to be a child of God that cherishes it, that strengthens it, that hones it, that gets better at it every single day. Because spiritual gifts, they are, they are from God to us for others. They're from God to us for others. The kingdom of God, listen, it will be forever different because you exist. How cool is that? I just wake up in the morning and the kingdom of God is going to be different. <laughs> the kingdom of God is going to be different because he, he has gifted you. And we are not ungrateful children. We want to be people that use it for others. So this morning I told you I wasn't going to pull any punches. Um, I'm going to actually, we're not going to close in worship today. Um, I have Elizabeth, she's going to come around and give you a spiritual gift assessment. Now, these are very basic. They are front and back. They take up to five to seven minutes. Um, and what you'll do is that you'll go through them, you'll tally it, and then at the back table, I'll be there, and I have descriptions of each spiritual gift that's listed. And also, it's gonna have characteristics, so you'll probably look at this page and you'll say, yeah, that's totally true of me, and it'll confirm that. Um, also, it'll have things that are challenging for you, uh, challenges that you experience while having that spiritual gift. And then at the very bottom, because I am smart, I put uh, areas to plug in an anchor with those spiritual gifts. And I even listed some people's personal phone numbers, okay? Because uh, I want you living out your God-given gifts. I want to see them. I want to explore them. I want to challenge you in them. Um, and so what I'm going to ask for you to do is that we're going to close with some worship music and take this time. It is 11.43 right now. You have all the time in the world. Uh, take it, uh, bring it back to the table, and I'll hand you your descriptions. And if you need any help, like figuring out how to empower, um, be empowered in those spiritual gifts, I would love to help you with that. So let's pray together before you take start your engines people and then let's 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 close in these assessments lord i am so grateful for the conversations we've had about the holy spirit this month lord they have been life-changing for me god i'm grateful that you are a god that sees us lord I, i'm grateful that you are a god that knows us so well you knew exactly what to gift us with Lord, I, I love you so much, and I am excited to see our church just continue to be unleashed for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And